We are the new fall. Not like the old one. We are the new fall. This is the episode where my dogged attempt to reject the idea that the fall had an unstable lineup really doesn't stand up. Five albums and countless members in part five of our six-part journey through the fall's discography, that's uh, Temporary Fandoms episode 19 if you're counting, we're somewhat aptly joined by a completely new set of guests. Hopefully you've already heard parts one to four, along with several other episodes covering bands from Can to Yola Tango via the Pogues and the Butthole Surfers. You can find them all on our host's Beat Rehab, that's beat.rehab slash tempfans, and on our new site at tempfans.com. We also exist as a Facebook group where we listen to a different album almost every weekday. You can join that group by going to facebook.com slash groups slash tempfans. And we're on Twitter, Instagram, and all that shite. We love to hear from you and your suggestions for future episodes. Shall we get started? I suspect we probably should. This is the penultimate episode of our painstaking guide to the fall. Welcome to episode 19 of Temporary Fandoms. I am Ewan. I'm Nick. And we are still doing the fall, but we are rapidly approaching the end. So I don't know what Nick's going to do after this. Uh, (laughs) He has waited for this moment for a long time, and now it's here. We are plowing through it very, very, very quickly. Um, As you know, we have a revolving lineup, much like the fall. And for the next two episodes, we have some old voices and some new. Um, Starting off, we've got James Kennedy. Hey, James, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And which albums uh, are you talking us through today? I'll be talking you through the, um, my favourite full album of the uh, 32-33, Are You Are Missing Winner. uh, Then I'll be doing the real new full LP, also known as Country on the Click. And then finally, I'll be doing Fall Heads Roll. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. I'm rejoining us, Norway's finest Norwegian-American stand-up comedian, Aaron Troy White. Hey, Aaron. Hello there. Welcome back. What have you got for us today? Um, I'll be picking up where James left off with uh, Reformation post-TLC, uh, Imperial Wax uh, Solvent, I've had the practice to say that because Americans and British say it in different ways. How, how do you say solvent? We more say we may we more say an American solvent. Really? Yeah. What? Solvent. Either that or I'm a <laughs> like, moron. One like three. <laughs> one one and, of the two. And there will be more intros oh, from Aaron in the and, next episode. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the next episode. Sorry. <laughs> that's next episode, Aaron. Sorry. Um, also joining us. Um, no introductions in this episode, but in the next episode there will be uh, plenty lifelong. Is it fair to say lifelong fall fans, Mike Bramman? A good proportion of it, yes. Awesome. And finally, I was tr- I was trying to work out whether to use and featuring or with because when you've got lots of actors on a, a cast list, some of them are and, some of them are with, some of them are featuring. So this time featuring uh, Blue Orchid Tansy McNally. Hey Tansy, featuring sounds good. I like featuring. Yes. Featuring featuring Tansy McNally, and yes. the, um, we will find out uh, her opinions on, on the records as everybody else's as we go. Um, before we start, as you know, there is a Spotify playlist that can accompany or replace the podcast. Um, you know where to find that if you don't look in the description when you found this pod. If this is your first 
uh, episode, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Stop it right now. Go back and find the older episodes, whether it's the four parts, one, two, three, and four, or other artists, including Can, where Aaron looked on me incredulously as I expressed my opinions, um, or the Butthole Surfers, where Aaron looked on incredulously while I expressed my opinions, or any of the others where Nick has looked on incredulously as I expressed my opinions. Um, if you really like us, please stop, leave us a review on Apple or iTunes or Acast or whichever, wherever you get your pods. And if you really, really like us, if you go to tempfans.com, go to the episode, click the little dollar sign, you could give us three dollars, three euros, three pounds. Um, we can spend it on coffee or we can go towards yeah, our hosting costs. Yeah. We can get the bus home. Oh, I can get the bus home, but there's a lockdown, so there's no buses. Um, so without any further shenanigans, we're going to get started and we'll be back after this. If the unutterable exists in a nebulous, colour-saturated realm where our protagonist, antagonist, travels beyond time and relative dimensions in space, then I, you are missing winner, finds him inhabiting a new body with a new group in the basement of a cellar under a boxing gym. Rats are scurrying around rubbish and recording is frequently interrupted by the sounds of barbell weights crashing to the floor. This shift in colour palette is something I believe is felt across many adjoining fall albums. A good example being the uncanny fragments in the shadows of Dragnet, followed by the gaudy fairground ride operated by the hobbit folk and grotesque after the gram. But after the unutterable, this sudden change in stylistic tone wasn't very received by full fans and remains one of the more divisive albums in the Falls catalogue. But I'm happy to take you through this album because as it stands, it is subjectively my favourite by the band. Whilst not a technical culmination of what they've been building up to with lyrics and music flowing straight from the pen and pipe, exactly late, ex-induction hour, a chart-bothering new band still without compromise, this nation's saving grace, or an introspective blood on the tracks like Extricate, it's one I've had in my ears the most ever since its release in 2001, and then its subsequent reissue by Castle in 2006, and also it contains some moments I want played out loud at my funeral. Are You Are Missing Winner? was preceded by double A side Rude All The Time and I Wake Up In The City. Rude All The Time was seemingly recorded in someone's front room in the small hours well after the pub shut. The lead vocals and guitar are from Ed Blaney, a friend of MES's who would take on a number of roles during this period, including manager, promoter, guitarist, backing singer. MES interjects on backing vocals yet is firmly centre stage on the flip side. I Wake Up In The City opens with buzzsaw guitars, a barked order to turn the music up, and careers into nearly five minutes of pure rock and roll, containing solo by a radio programme, and one of the best uses of a smoker's cough in music history. The single was mail order only release, and became rare quite quickly, changing hands for about £30 each, well before the vinyl revival of last decade. The group at this stage were Jim Watts on bass, Spencer Burtwistle on drums, Ben Pritchard on guitar, 
Brian Fanning in guitar and bass, but more of him later. And again, Ed Blaney, who comes up on three songwriting duties, guitar and backing vocals. This is, perversely, a debut album recorded by a brand new group. This is the new form, not like the old one. The new form don't have Pro Tools, programming or synthesizers. This album was hurried out without mastering, resulting in wildly erratic sound levels, but this results in a really punchy, rough sound. You can hear it when opener dims the full bursts out the traps, distorted backing vocals and a terrific busted speaker sound. Guitar and bass refrains in distorted harmony, and as the backing chorus of grotesque peasants shouts, we are the new fall, MES informs us that you better have a look, cop. It's a great call to arms. And next, we've got the first of many covers and rip-offs scattered across the album. Next is Bourgeois Town, a take on Lev Belly's Bourgeois Blues. That busted speaker wretches bile through the track, accompanied at the start by what sounds like a speaking spell. It's a mean, alcoholic swagger through the city, MES sounding alternately defiant and barrel-aged beyond his years. It ends abruptly, then one of the album's best offerings starts up. Crop dust is built heavily around a three-second loop of I Just Sing by the Trogs, giving the song a relentless marching beat. MES doesn't appear until just after a minute, but when he does, you know he's there delivering a cryptic Sermon on the Mount, which may or may not be a premonition of the destruction of the Twin Towers in September that year. Hit the Can is a song of two parts, hungover guitar and a lead line that sounds like the hero riding into town. When that stops, there's a groove you can get your shirt tail flapping in the wind to. My ex-classmate's Kids, co-written by Yvette Blaney, has the same melody as the earlier I Wake Up in the City, but slower, more menacing and different lyrics. After quite the opening salvo, the cover of R. Dean Taylor's Got to See Jane does seem like a bit of a breather before the utter majesty of what comes next. If any one track can sum up the Are You Are Missing Winner experience, it's got to be track 7 and the 9 minute and a half Ibis Afro Man. Not a true original, based around Dickie Pop's African Man of 1978's New Values LP, and not even a cohesive whole. Instead, for three and a half minutes of its running time, it's a barrage of sound with a tape-recorded vocal take in one ear, a rudimentary studio track in another, a lurching glam stomp at an elephant's pace, which gets louder and more present until at one point it seems to consume MES, who is wailing about his plight as a travelling salesman who spends too much time in budget hotels. After three and a half minutes, the studio version stops abruptly, and while the tape recorder vocals still play, another tape with an ear-splitting monkey's scream is played and re-round for about a minute and a half. When that eventually stops, there follows a live rendition using lyrics from Gene Vincent's Race of the Devil, and a track which channels rock and roll and hawkwind and swirling tornado synths. I have to say this section is quite possibly my favourite piece of form across the entire catalogue. All hell-breaking loops with the band playing for their lives, whilst MES vocalises us through the storm. 
it ends sensibly enough with a phone buzzing, audience adoration, and a snippet of birthday song from the Marshall Suite. We're taken through the introspective and lo-fi of the acute, and then the rabble-rousing hollow mind, and to end with a curio with the unwieldy title of Reprise, Prof Nick, Jane, a Bastardo. The tape inexplicably stops and starts, and then MES finally chimes in with a voice like your cheeky uncle Tony, being rude about the band, until finally there's a rockabilly reprise of the earlier Got to See Jane. Dave Thompson's excellent User's Guide to the Fall, released around this time, has a quote from MES on the cover, stating that, I like to look at the, uh, the albums like diaries. I'm not one for nostalgia. If full albums are diaries, Are You Are Missing Winner is the raggedy one that stinks of smell ashtrays, food stains and yellowing sellotape, barely holding its sepia of photographs to the, ste- to the page. As I said, it's one I return to. Every year, I regret not picking up the picture disc when I saw it at gigs, especially as it now has been seen changing hands for £500 on eBay. 